hello, good evening, and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. As always, I'm Illegal86, and I am joined by the ever-so-lovely Tactic One. Howdy, how's it going? And the Nerd Bomber. Hey everyone, how's it going? I decided to switch it up this week. Uh, usually I introduce the Nerd Bomber first, followed by Tactic, but I want to keep things fresh and keep our audience engaged. So what, what do you guys, what's your feedback on that? I loved it, especially how flattering you were. Wonderful. Anything for you, buddy. Nerd Bomber, any, any input? I just go with the flow, man. I take whatever comes my way. That, uh, well, you know what? Let's all take that philosophy and just take it in and apply it to our to our own lives. You learned something today. Welcome. You, we're, we've been here for like a minute, and we're already just doling out some dope philosophy. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, f- happy Memorial Day, first of all. We'll, we'll catch up on that. I know I've done some stuff. You guys have done some stuff. Um, Three-day weekends are great that way. But first, uh, we're going to start the way we usually start, which is with a whole bunch of nudes uh, here at the Roundtable Roundup. Um, so I guess to start, let's kind of roll back to, like, I guess 2005? I mean, when was the last time you had an iPod Touch and, like, actually used it? I know my last device for listening to music was probably an iPod, like the iPod Classic. I think that came out, it was sometime when I was in college because I wanted it for my car and it had a lot of storage on it and it was like the pre-Spotify era, but that was the last iPod. I never had an iPod Touch. I never had an iPod Touch? Never. Wow. I had a Zune. I was a Zune girl. I had like the original Zune and then the Zune HD. So what you're saying is you were a weird girl. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it was a genius device in the beginning because you could share music with people. It had streaming, like a subscription service before Spotify was a thing. It was way ahead of its time. Yeah, it really was. I had a, uh, and now we're kind of devolving. I did it for, first of all, I did have an iPod Touch at one point. I also had an iPod Classic at one point. The Classic was way better than the Touch. I just, that's just truth right there. But I also had... A creative zen, which, if you're wondering what's a creative zen, so is most of the world. That looked like a little pebble, right? It was, no, it was more like, uh, so imagine an iPod classic, but, like, twice as thick, and, like, yeah, worse. Just worse. Like, it did, it had a, a thing that was close to a click wheel, but it wasn't a click wheel. I don't remember why I wanted it, but I wanted it. I, I think I thought that I could outsmart Apple, which big mistake see um, i think that was why i wanted a zune so bad like I, everyone had apple and i wanted to be like the mp3 player hipster so i really wanted the zune yeah and you want people to be like whoa what's that you're yep. like it's a zune here why is here's why it's better no you weren't even that hip i had a sansa media player oh my gosh yeah that's a deep cut i, I do remember those though that was hip and then i and i eventually did get an ipod touch but it was really a throw-in when i got my macbook for school I think that, I think I got an iPod Touch out of that same exact deal. I, I man, maybe we're dating ourselves right now. Probably be, being like when we got to college, they gave us an iPod Touch. But I guess at that point they were getting old because they were just giving them away with computers. I got a Walkman back with my computer. <laughs> but so the reason I bring this up is that Apple just released a new iPod Touch, which if you're thinking why, then. Well, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know what I, I don't know what I would say to that. Um, so they just announced a new iPod Touch with an Apple A10 Fusion chip, um, 
So I, I think the market for this is, like to me at least, the market for this is kids who are too young to have phones, but old enough to want a touchscreen, which at this point is like, when you're four, you want a touchscreen. But at that point, like, wouldn't you just get a Kindle? You can get a Kindle Fire now for like 40 bucks. But a Kindle is like, it's big and like, it's big. I don't know why else you wouldn't get it other than that it's big. I actually, I, I like this approach because I I think it's weird. Although we grew up in an age where it would, we pretty much used our phones to, hey, I need you to pick me up. And that was it. Um, but it gives the kids the opportunity to have their own device with, with apps, which that's why everyone wants to grab mom and dad's phone or tablet or anything like that. Yeah, They can play on their little apps, do a little candy crush and what have you, and have their music. I think it's a great market, but I totally agree with you that it's 100% geared towards kids who want it but are too young to have the whole kitten caboodle, as they say. The weird thing that I noticed, though, was I don't remember what the chip was called that they put in it, but it wasn't even the, the most advanced chip that they have. So, like, it can do group FaceTime, but it's still not the most powerful chip and it's still pretty expensive, right? Yeah, I think so. I think the last chip, it's, it's using the Apple A10 Fusion chip, but I think the latest chip is the A11 or something. So it's yeah, it's it's not quite up to date. Which like, if you're gonna come out with a new iPod, why not just use the chip? But yeah, it is. So the price point for this, um, it's 199 for the 32 gigabyte, 299 and 399 for larger storage options that go all the way up to 256 gigabyte models, which like. If you're a kid and all you want is to, like, play Candy Crush on something that looks like a phone, you're not going to need that much space. Yeah, that I find a really difficult market for because that's how big my current iPhone 6 is. And I know I'm a little bit behind the times in terms of phones, but, like, I have more than enough room for tons of music, tons of photos. I've managed to upgrade the operating system, which was kind of my problem with old iPhones. They didn't have enough storage for the new operating systems. And I still have a ton of storage left. Let's talk about the other side of it, too. How much music do you actually download onto your iPhone? I actually download quite a lot, but it's not from iTunes. I download everything from Spotify now because, I mean, the subscription... That's the way to do it. Yeah, it really is the only way to get music, in my opinion, these days. Well, I'm going to take the last part of what you said. Spotify. Everyone's streaming music, so most people don't download it, and they'll just use the Wi-Fi or the, the Internet available. So... Is there even really a market for this anymore? I don't know how true that is, what you just said. But, like, I don't know. I, I, so I'm a heavy Spotify user. I have premium and everything. I have downloaded quite a bit. I don't know if I've downloaded as much as Nerd Bomber. And like you said, I think a lot of the time I am just streaming it using the internet. But I feel like there may be people out there who are downloading a bunch of music off Spotify. Are they kids? Absolutely not. But well, if you think about it, like, every time I go on a road trip or even when I go in the car... I don't want to use my data because I'm still on a Verizon plan that doesn't have unlimited data. Or if it does, I think it throttles it. So your music quality kind of goes in the can. So I just download all of my playlists that I listen to on a regular basis and I have it in the car with me. But if you were going to drive like a six hour road trip somewhere, that's a lot of music. Yeah, I I mean, I have a 64 gig iPhone 6 and like I have not, I've not had an issue. I think only once was I like, oh, I'm running a little bit low on storage. But even then, I think I still had like a few gigs left. And I was like, I should just trim this down and get rid of stuff I don't use. I can't imagine filling a 256 gigabyte device. So you got rid of like family photos and that to make room for more music? Um, 
Yeah, passwords too. I had to have a lot of passwords stored on my phone. If I, seriously, if anyone stole my phone, they would have access to like all of my bank information, and that's not a joke. That's real life. So if you're listening to this and you're a criminal, I'm an easy score. Um, I mean, I, I guess I don't want to get too much into this, but you know there are apps that can like encrypt that information, right? Too hard. It's too <laughs> too hard. You, you know, you know what's easier than an app that encrypts information? This this app on your phone that's called Notes that you just write the password in it. Um, it also helps that my password is the same for like everything, which is another thing that you're just not supposed to do. Man, but, you are really an easy target. Oh yeah, I'm like a, a cybersecurity expert would have a field day with me. They'd be like, "What are you doing?" Um, but yeah, I, I, like this kind of leads me into another interesting, well, I think interesting question that I wanted to ask you guys. So, let's say, so ima- close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes, but just imagine. You have a, a child. Uh, first of all, what's the child's name and gender? It's a boy, and his name is either Mason or Dominic. Okay, I'm so you were you man, you were very ready with those answers. Um, so let's say your boy Mason, he just turned some age, and you get him a phone. What age is that? What age are you giving your kid a phone? In here in 2019, let's say it's 2019. This is tough because I feel like you do really need to communicate these Probably days. Probably 11 or 12. Okay. There's a reason why. Sports. I thought you were going to say Harry Potter. Nope. That's when – I think that's – I believe that's when after-school sports take off and they're going to need to get picked up from practice or driven during the weekends and what have you. See, I like to think of it as like, you know, Harry Potter's 11 when he goes to Hogwarts and he gets his first wand. That too. The phone is the wand of the of the muggle world. You know, I've never really considered it that way, but you're definitely right. And it's weird because when we were kids, it never was that way. I don't like I don't know my little sister is some age. Shout out to my little sister. I don't know how old you are. I think you're 13. That sounds right. I don't know when she got her first phone. I want to say she was 11. That sounds right. But like I know for a fact that when she was like probably like seven she was like dad can i borrow your ipad and play you know some app that's just like i I feel like it's younger and younger now where kids are learning to uh like take digital media and just ingest it at an alarming rate so my nephew he's three shout out to my nephew who i don't want to put his name out on the internet but he actually came over to my house is it mason it's not mason um Just but call him he, Mason. He had come over and he was in like going through kind of my stuff and he was like, Oh, can we play video games on your TV? This is your video game system. And this kid has never played a console in his life, but he already knows what it is. Like I think they're very aware if you're a little kid, even at an early age, like two or three, I think you know what technology is. Your parents have phones everything's on tv i think they even might have it in like the little kid educational programs because like if i was three and you stuck a phone in front of my i feel like the sensory overload for me would just be too much even now sometimes i'm like man i gotta get off this phone i'm seeing phone shapes i just can't imagine like that like in terms of like the neuroplasticity of like when you're like three or four years old that can't be good for your brain right or is it? Maybe it is. I, I don't know. 
I feel like to a point there's got to be like you learn a lot more at an early age but at the same time like we have gaming disorders and weird like just almost like ADD in the digital age like I know I have a really short attention span like I can't just sit on the like on a subway or something I need to pull out my phone not that I'm on a subway a lot but like I can't just sit in isolation like I'm always scrolling I no, I, I have the same problem whenever I'm on the bus if I don't have my phone out I feel weird and like part of that is that like everyone has their phone out and you want to be like everyone mm-hmm. if you're me but like the other part of it is that it's like my comfort zone and so you mentioned like on on the subway that you wouldn't want to take your phone out for me it's whenever I'm in a subway restaurant <laughs> I want to take out my phone and just start playing Candy Crush shout out to Candy Crush I mean we, we had the three of us and another friend of ours uh we had a pretty bad in my case it was very bad addiction to 2048 do you remember this game oh i remember and it had like there was doge 2048 that was the best version of it the stupidest internet phone game it's the dumbest game ever it's just sliding block you're it's mindless like but not really there was so much strategy i was terrible at it it feels like like looking back at that game so first of all if you haven't played 2048 you should go look it up and play it right now because it's amazing uh it's really stupid and like mindless well it's, i yeah I, I keep wanting to say mindless but it's really not i remember i would be like really intensely trying to like win 2048 which spoiler alert you can never win 2048 just goes on until you lose but i kept i kept trying to get like higher scores and higher scores and like me and and, and my buddy shout out i'm just gonna shout him out he won't he won't care shout out to matt our, our friend matt we would be sitting in class in college i, I do not advise this approach by the way I remember very vividly sitting in class and both of us just playing 2048, not paying any attention. That's the danger of phone gaming. Would you call it a real addiction? I would. Well, okay. So, yeah, let, let's let's transition because I want to talk about this, too. Well, we all want to talk about this um, to this uh, news article about gaming disorder, which is a thing, if you didn't know. Um the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, uh, just recognized gaming disorder as basically a disease, like a behavioral addiction. Um, in their latest edition of the International Classification of Diseases, which I'm sure is a very cheery document. Um, and uh, the, kind of this, this article has a number of talking points, but it boils down to the idea that having this gaming disorder does not amount to a measurement of how much time you spend playing game playing games it's more like uh like if you're uh cutting family out of your life if you're like not getting enough sleep not going to work not going to school things like that um i i i read through this article people are talking about like there are psychologists or psychiatrists like i get them mixed up who like they work with kids who like don't even want to get up to go to the bathroom which to like me, that's crazy like i know i've had long gaming sessions where i haven't gone to the bathroom but usually like that's because i don't have to and having to go to the bathroom is the thing that pulls me out of it. Like, if I got to go, I got to go. Right. See, so my, you heard it here first. Dehydration is better than gaming disorder. See, my whole issue with this article is that the fact that people spent the time to classify a gaming disorder as an addictive issue that exists. 
you could be addicted to anything. It's just now we're just going along classifying things. I don't think anything needs to be classified. You could just say you're addicted to smelling feet or, or, or whatever. If it's anything that you're doing in excess where it's taking away from other factions of your life. Okay, so first of all, you're in a safe space. Are you addicted to smelling feet? No. Was that a confession no. of any kind? No. Okay, that's good because, wow, boy, that would be something else. I don't know. Like, I, I think addiction is a very complex thing. Like, I don't know if you can throw every addiction that exists into the just one bucket of, like, addiction that you just treat them all the same way and, like, with the same mentality at least. I don't know if it's that simple. Uh, it might be. Well, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... Don't spend the time classifying each one. Treat each one as its own thing. Yes. But this whole article was about, hey, this is a thing. We're acknowledging this is a thing. That doesn't – time didn't need to be spent on doing that. You know what I'm right. saying? You're saying that from a diagnosis standpoint, it doesn't need to be this big thing. It's like we realize that you can be addicted to games in addition to other things. You can be addicted to anything. Exactly. Like maybe sniffing feet. I don't like know. Like sniffing toes. Um, well, I, I yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just on Twitter, and one of the things that I read, and I don't remember who posted this, um, but it was like an article from last year. Actually, shout out to at Dr. Coert, um, and she had posted the the amount of dopamine released when you play video games is akin to a donut, not heroin. So. And I guess that was a, a scientific study that she pulled that from. And, like, donuts are good, but... I, I love donuts. Yeah, donuts pretty much my heroine. But, like, you don't you don't see a donut addiction out there in the world. I think, honestly, it just comes down to the individual. If you have an addictive personality, you're going to find something and you're going to latch onto it. And I think people use it as a means of escape, but I don't think video games itself is the culprit. I think it's more just self-control for some people or even just like you would have that tendency to latch onto an escape anyway but i'm not a doctor so what do i know so i definitely agree with a few things that you said there like i agree that having an addictive personality is a big part of it and like yeah i think in most if not all cases it it, it devolves into just how much willpower do you have but i'm not like when you say like no one is out oh, there with a donut addiction that just ain't true. There's people out there with donut addictions. I, I mean, like, is it donut specifically? Maybe not, but, like, we live in, like, one of the most obese and diabetic countries. Probably the most obese and diabetic country in the history of the world. So, like, do you consider that an addiction to sugar and fat? Or yeah, that's a just, good point. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, and they had that show. Remember that show? What channel was it on? My Strange Addiction. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. That's, that might still be on. I actually don't even know. I think it is still on. By the way, shout out to TLC for having some of the most absurd but weirdly addicting TV shows. Because there's stuff like My Strange Addiction or what is it, 90 Day Fiance, where you're like, this is terrible, but you just keep watching it. Yeah, that's like TLC's bread and butter. But like, yeah, you, you, that's, that show is proof of like like there was a guy I remember there was a guy who or maybe it might have been a woman who was like I'm addicted to being a baby which like I don't even know what that means so of course I keep watching and see what it means and like see how this person is addicted to being a baby and like being treated like a baby and like so like it addiction is a very complex 
mental thing that like it does it shouldn't surprise anyone that gaming is one behavior that could be considered addictive so like now this is... i'm going to pose another question and this is why why is this classified now and the reason why i'm going to pose this question is because think about when we were kids a lot of the a lot less of the games the mainstream games at least were um kind of all of your friends online playing together they were more of like a story-based game where it was you versus ai um and our parents had the ability to unplug it and you just lost the game you didn't disconnect from your friends whereas now since you're connected with your friends it's not really that you're being anti-social quote unquote and that they might be discouraged from pulling you away because they're thinking to themselves, well, hey, my kid's being social, which opens the door for them to not want to walk away. Thoughts? Actually, you well, bring up an interesting point. Sorry. Um, when, like, even if you think about why it's diagnosed now, video games, when they first came out, like you had to leave your house and go to an arcade. And I'm sure there were people who sunk a lot of money into arcade games. But like at the end of the day, the arcade closed and you had to go home. Now, like, video games are everywhere. There are games that you can start playing on your phone, like Fallout Shelter, for one. Like, you could play that on your phone, and then you could come home on your console and boot it up. Maybe not the same save file, but the same game on your console. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee is a perfect one. You can catch all the Pokemon and then get them in Eevee. Mm-hmm. You just go to the Safari Zone, duh. There's, there's no doubt that the industry has changed, I, I think, in more ways than one and in in a certain way that like i almost think that game developers have dollar signs in their eyes that are getting them to say we need to make this game the most addictive game in the world be it a financial addiction or a mental addiction or just you know they want to make games that people just can't tear themselves away from and i honestly don't know that that was like the initial intent of video games like when pong came out i doubt those guys are like these people are going to be playing this forever you know it was like it was just, oh, this will be a fun little diversion that you can do for a while while you're, like, at the bar waiting for a friend. You know, something like that. And, like, mm-hmm. even when you got to, like, Donkey Kong and, like, Super Mario, it was like, okay, you play this story and you beat this game and then it's done. Whereas, like, now with, especially with games like Overwatch and, you know, Fortnite and all these games were like, it never ends because there's no story. It's just you show up, you play, you maybe win some things that are cool you do it with your friends it's this social experience which is it's that is that part is like great in certain ways but it also definitely feeds into this idea of like we want to addict you to this so that you will pay us more money etc and then dlc well right and that that but that's a perfect example of what i mean is like developers want your money and they want to maximize the amount of time you will spend playing a game. So it's it's just in their best interest to make it something that you can't tear yourself away from. And like, to me, I don't know, like th- th- this kind of leads me to a, a question that I wanted to ask you guys on this topic that is a little more personal, which is like, what do you think is the most addictive that you've ever been to a game? That's a really good question. Um there have been a few games, like, I feel like I get addicted, quote-unquote, to a game for a couple days at most. I've never really had a game addiction that spans for longer than maybe a week max. The closest I would maybe say is Rocket League. When we really got into Rocket League, there was a point in time when the weather was just crappy, and 
I remember even thinking like, oh, we could go to the movies. We could do something else with our time. And then we ended up just staying home up until two in the morning playing Rocket League. And like we weren't gaining anything. There was We weren't playing in like a tournament. We were just playing. And I would say maybe that was the most addicted I've been to the point where I was sinking money into the game to try to get better cars. Yeah, and, Rocket League is what I was expecting you to say. Yeah. Um, See, but here's the, the counterpoint to that. Were you addicted to the game or did you just enjoy playing with me? See, that's a good point because it was something that we were able to do together and it was something a little bit more interactive than, say, watching a movie. So I think maybe it was a little bit of both. It was probably the circumstances and the game itself because we also did get really addicted to the feedback loop of, oh, do you think we're going to get another crate? And, oh, like... Do you, like when do you think we're gonna get better do you think we're gonna be able to aerial anytime soon no <laughs> well right but so so the idea of like all of these games so like i've never played rocket league i for me online multiplayer is a rare thing like i played destiny a little bit way back when i was playing like call of duty in the modern warfare days a little bit and like they have these perks that you can unlock and these progression trees that if you get a certain amount of XP, you level up and you get more gear. And like it's just designed to keep you wired in. Like luckily for me, my gaming experiences tend to be, okay, I'm going to play this campaign and no matter how long it is, it's going to end. And then, you know, if I am at that point addicted to it, which I'm sure that like there are certain games that I know I've been like, man, I can't wait to play this game. But like again, you ask the question of, is that addiction in the clinical sense, or is it just I really like this game and like I like it for this concrete and perhaps constructive reason? Like, it's hard to draw that line, but I'm sure that there's ways that the WHO is is doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like the most addicted I've been to a game, I I want to say like Metroid Prime, like way back, like. I would just like that for me that's what addiction is is like a gaming addiction is is like I go on a binge with a game but like you said it's like a couple of days and then it's over so for me I'm more addicted to companionship because so I grew up with an identical twin brother and so when when games were introduced to us it was always split screen co-op everything so it's tough for me when I'm off on my own to just like dive into a story and just feel that addiction and never want to walk away because I start to get needy and want to be around people again. And that's why to the point of Rocket League where I'm able to dive into that much easier for a longer span of time than I am say a Assassin's Creed storyline type dealy. We really could do an entire episode probably where we just dove into the the bygone glories of split screen and how much we miss it because I miss it like every day. Uh, that to me that was and probably will always be the golden age of gaming there's just nothing like split screen and i feel like kids these days are kind of done a disservice because they'll never know the golden age of split screen but there's just really something to sitting in a room with one other person even up to like six other people playing the same game whether it's multiple screens one screen and just having that direct interaction because voice chat is fun but there's nothing like being able to reach over and like razz your friend in person because they missed a shot or something like that. It's so much more communal and like, and I'm going to talk about 
later I te- I so I teased last week that I was going to be going to a, a LAN party and I did and like I could talk about the positive aspects of being playing that like, a game like Halo in a room with people versus playing it online for hours I could talk about that because it's just it it feels so much more communal it's it's so much more of an interpersonal experience than playing an online game could ever be and I am truly sad for this generation and for the future generations that will just never get to experience it because I think that that door has officially been closed. No, shout out to Borderlands for keeping split screen alive. Shout out to Borderlands. Go buy Borderlands. Support the uh, support the split screen industry. Not a sponsor. Um, before we get into our next topic, we're gonna do an ad break. Hey, Tactic. Do you like listening to podcasts? I love listening to podcasts. Why do you ask? Well, there's this really cool new app called PodCoin, and it actually pays you to listen to podcasts. I can get paid to listen to podcasts? Yep. For every minute of podcasts that you listen to, you start to accrue PodCoin. And those PodCoin can be used to get gift cards, donate to charity. It's a really great way to earn some money while listening to podcasts you already love. Sweet. You can check it out on Android and iPhone. Hey guys, it's Kyle. And Nick. And we're from Dem Fancy Dinosaurs, a weekly comedy podcast revolving around movies, TV shows, and pop culture. We release a new episode every Thursday. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts? Why did you say that like a question? I don't know. Okay, anyway, yes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any of the podcatchers. Or you can look up www.demfancydinosaurs.com. Thanks, guys. Stay fancy and enjoy the rest of the show. Shout out to that ad for being so great. Um, let's dive back into some news, though, and let's talk about uh, some spooky news uh, here in this not very spooky May evening. Um, so the New York Times recently published an article, I think this was a couple of days ago, um, basically interviewing Navy pilots who have claimed to have sighted UFOs basically on a daily basis back in 2014 and 2015 and yeah you you should go read this article right now if you haven't because it's pretty eerie um essentially there are like i think like five pilots who have basically said um well on patrols or test flights on the eastern seaboard uh again between 2014 and 2015 um they would see these objects that would get as high up as thirty thousand feet reach hypersonic speeds um make sharp turns have no visible engines just a lot of things that didn't make any sense um, and the best part of this article, I thought the best part, is that there are videos. Um, the videos were the thing that probably like tipped me over the edge because, you know, you can have a few wackadoo pilots who maybe like I don't know, are bored. I I don't even know because they they reported this all to their superiors and stuff. This is all like on government record. But the videos were the thing that really like made it real to me after reading the article, and it was super spooky. Yeah, like you know when someone tells you a scary story, and then like you're out at night walking the dog, and you swear you you see that thing that someone had told you about. That's the kind of thing that you could assume from the hearsay. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. Those videos kind of make it real. So I am the guy. You know how everyone has that one friend who's like ghosts aren't real and like ufos aren't real and like it's all just a either a figment of your imagination or there's some scientific explanation that's me i'm that guy i'm the, like i'm reading this article and i'm i'm watching these videos with every ounce of skepticism that i have in my body 
and trying to determine why it's not real because i know i know it's not a ufo like well i mean technically it is a ufo it might not be an alien but it is an unidentified flying object so that's like a, a it's a real terminology that could be applied here let me let me rephrase um it's extremely unlikely if not impossible that it's an alien object i like if, if you want me to believe something far-fetched about this, I will more than gladly believe that it's a government conspiracy. Both because I think that's more interesting and because I think it's also more possible. Well, the thing that kind of struck me, because I was thinking about that too, like maybe there was some kind of government test thing going on and so they wouldn't tell the pilots what was going on because it was supposed to be secret. But the weird thing was that these were airspaces that were supposed to be restricted for fighter pilot training. So there shouldn't have been any classified devices or drones and they would have had record if there was some kind of commercial drone in that airspace and they didn't well but what you're not thinking about is that you know let's say the navy is flying these ufos in cordoned off airspace you would you assume the experiment is let's do test flights of these aircraft it might actually be let's fly these weird ass looking aircraft near these pilots almost hit them because there, there's a there's a basically a um an anecdote in the article that talks about how this pilot saw this thing whoosh by him essentially very close to him and he was freaking out because it like almost hit him but like it could be a psychological study on like what's the effect on the pilots of seeing something bizarre in the air and how do they react to it you know how would a navy pilot react to seeing a russian aircraft that just looked out of this world you know like i or maybe they were testing stealth devices and seeing if they could even pick them up or see them. Well, right, because there were also a lot of reports that like um, stuff was showing up on radar, and then the the people, the pilots would look for them and not be able to see them with their own eyes. So like, then what are we even? What are we? What are we talking about here? I mean, a lot of people would argue you're talking about alien aircraft. Um, well, the thing that kind of sold me a little bit more that it might not have been something humanly made. So. One of the pilots was saying that the G-forces that this thing would experience based on the speed and the turns that it was making would not be um, able to be survived by a human. Human bodies just can't survive that type of G-force. At the same time, the durations that these things were flying at, there's no way a battery could support a drone flying for that long at those type of speeds, at those type of tight turns. Right, so there's reports of being in the air for something like 12 hours and again going from 30,000 going up to 30,000 feet and going at hypersonic speeds there's a lot in question and then of course what we haven't even really talked about is the shape of these things um, I, sorry, I could get behind all of the things with it being a drone except for the 12 hour dwell that is just an insane amount of time to be sitting there loitering on a on a battery without any visible propulsion or anything else keeping it up. There's a lot going on here that, you know, seems non-physical and unexplainable. Um, So these things supposedly look like spinning tops when they're in the air. Um, Another description called them, said it looked like uh, a cube with a sphere inside of it. Um, But across the board, no visible engines or exhaust jets. which, you know, of course begs the question of how fast, how these things were going as fast as they were. Um, I don't know. Like, to me, I still think the alien, uh, you know, the, the alien conclusion is, is super unlikely and it's a big leap to make. Um, 
I'm more wondering why this article was published. Well, that that is very curious. I wonder why now of all times this article came out. Maybe they're warming us up for the aliens. Space See, Force. As someone who I'm, I'm a I'm a skeptic, and I'm one of those people who likes to look up into space, and I have a telescope, and I like to just look and see what's out there. But I have a very difficult time believing that we've had UFOs or alien contact on Earth because if you think about the advent of smartphones, once smartphones started becoming prevalent and people could take videos and pictures at a second's notice, you stop seeing all of the UFO sightings. You stop seeing all the crazy videos of things flying in the night sky. And to me, like, if there were UFOs, you'd think they wouldn't be hanging out at 30,000 feet. They'd be, like, coming down, trying to blend in and just survey what we're doing. Harvesting organs, stuff like that. Not even that, but, like, you would think if if they're not making contact, they would be coming down to at least observe. Because from 30,000 feet, you can't see anything. And so there would be more sightings, in my opinion, than what we currently have now. And maybe I just am not well-read in alien theories and UFO sightings, but I find it hard to believe. But at the same time, this is pretty inexplicable. This is like really tearing the skeptic in me apart because I don't want to believe, but this is kind of creepy. So growing up, I was uh, I was the kid watching the History Channel, watching all of the specials on aliens, the guy with the kooky hair that always goes, I'm not saying it's aliens, but aliens. Classic meme. Uh, so that was me and, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie, some of it kinda did convince me and I, I do believe that we're not alone in this universe. What makes me believe is not so much all of the sightings or things that they say are engraved in the pyramids or other stuff. It's more so if you think about all of the things that had to work in order for human life to be on planet Earth, the right tilt, the right atmosphere and all this other stuff. It makes me wonder if we were put here. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where it stems off of my belief of there's something else out there, as zany as that sounds. Well, I mean, it doesn't sound super zany when you take into account the fact that, like, our star, our sun is a star. And for every star that you see in the night sky, getting really sciencey here, that's another sun with the potential for planets around it, with the potential to have the right necessary um scenarios for life to occur so i mean it's not that zany it's just whether or not they would find their way here i mean i i think you can swing the probability argument both ways because like you said there's essentially an infinite number of potential planets out there that potentially have some form of life on them right it the the universe is vast the galaxy the size of it is even just the solar the solar system is like this unimaginable size like sure there could be life in those places but like tactic said like the confluence of conditions here to create this abundance of life and you i would say i would call us intelligent life hopefully we've proven that we're intelligent by now like the the conditions needed for that were so exact and like you said just it had to be on the right tilt and like the temperatures and the presence of water and everything like it had to be exactly right so like what's the probability that's going to happen on one of those other rocks spinning around a star like it's just there's scientists who spend their entire lives trying to figure this out this is going to sound super depressing but there's actually a theory 
uh, I forgot the name of the scientist, that states the first species to figure out how to explore and expand and terraform other planets will be the last species in the universe. And the reason why is because when they terraform these other planets, they're destroying the opportunity for different species to thrive on said planet. Right. Conquest, essentially. I mean, I don't know. Like, if anything, to me, the more likely... The more likely presence of aliens is kind of like what you said, Nerd Bomber. We're like, if there are aliens, they're probably already here among us. They're us. Like, figuring us out. Mm -hmm. Figuring out whether we are hostile to them, whether we're a threat to them. Or maybe what they can learn from us. I mean, there have been so many movies that have tried to document kind of that sort of encounter. Arrival is one that comes to mind. That If you haven't seen Arrival, it's pretty good. Did you guys see Arrival? I did see Arrival, yeah. Um... I kind of always think of stuff like that where, like, they show up, everyone's like, oh, my God, they're here. And then you're just spending time trying to figure out what they're, what this alien race's intentions are. And, you know, it's more psychological than anything else. I'm telling you, look, you got to look up this theory illegal. Aliens are humans. Look it up. It's going to blow your mind. Right, Everyone out there, look it up. I'll do I'll do that in my, in my private time. I'm not going to go on the on the google right now on the live podcast and just type in aliens are humans and see what happens although i'm sure it'd be entertaining Um, i think what are your guys's best case scenarios in terms of aliens oh that's a good question well mine would be exactly what i proposed because then they're not going to be a threat to us we're just the expansion true best sorry go ahead oh no go for it best case scenario for me you know how people are like, Keanu Reeves is immortal? Mm-hmm. No, he's an alien. That's my best case scenario. He's the first alien to come here and try and figure us out, and he got swept up in the Hollywood culture, and he became John Wick. I could see that. He's one of those actors, too. He doesn't really age. Exactly. Him and him Michael Sarah. Him or Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage might also be an alien. I don't know. Nicolas Cage is looking a little long in the tooth lately. Well, he's aging, but he's like, he, other than that, he's like very alien-like. In terms of like just who he is as a person. No, Michael Sarah definitely over Nicolas Cage. He just like didn't want to be an actor, and all of a sudden ended up in the right place at the, at the right time. And they said, "Hey, you over here, act," and that was it. This could be another like bonus segment we could do at some point, which is just like out of all the celebrities in the world, which three do each of us think are most likely to be aliens? I'd have to mull that over. That I feel like that'd be a really interesting conversation, for sure. Yeah. Let's, let, so let's put a pin in that. Um, Nerd Bomber, do you have any input on what, what your ideal alien scenario would be? This kind of... I'm stealing this from a video game, but my ideal scenario would be something sort of like Mass Effect, no. where, where there's so many different societies and everybody is evolved enough to not be conquering at a certain point. Like you're just getting along and then learning from each other. And it would, I think it would be super cool to meet a bunch of sentient other species and just be able to have a conversation, see their technology, their cultures, not fight anybody for the most part. You could have relationships with them too. You, you could. And then just, it, I think it would be really cool to meet other other beings see how they grew up that would be my ideal case scenario my first reaction when you said that was oh no the reapers are coming yeah that that would be bad not the reapers my first reaction was 
that is never going to happen. We are, I mean, we're like, don't even like forget about what the aliens will do. Think about us. We're so conquest driven. We're so combative all the time. If aliens show up, we're going to want to blow them up. That's just who we are. I hate it, but I think it's just, that's just a fact. That's why I think aliens would never visit us, even if they were monitoring us, because we can't even get along with ourselves. Yeah, they would only visit us to, to wipe us out. That's what yeah. I, that's that's my not at all pessimistic view of it, anyways. Um, but let's 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 come back to Earth, this beautiful spinning orb of blue that we're on, and um, let's really really shrink down the scale of this conversation into into us. You know, what are we what are we doing? What have we been up to? Um, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. What have we been up to Wednesday? And I'm gonna start off with a. Uh, with my man Tectic One, because he's first on the on the show notes here. I'm beautiful, and I get to start. Wow, what a day! What a day! It's, it's really a banner banner day for you. Okay, so as you know from the last uh, podcast, I had talked about some upgrades coming. Well, the biggest upgrade that I'm most excited for is I finished making a desk, and it is a ten foot long masterpiece came out great so i'm really excited about that that was done and celebrated memorial day and nothing else really i'm gonna hand it over to nerd because she's really the exciting one in this group the desk is beautiful i just want to say that it's a like you said she's she's a 10 footer beautiful burnished oak i don't know i don't know kind of what it is i shouldn't speak out of turn it's beautiful beautiful chestnut uh got all the great wood lines you want in a desk nice and nice and stained nice dark stain oh i wish you could see it guys oh, it's amazing you can see a little bit of it in the instagram picture that was posted on our social media um you can see it in the background of our mixer that was pretty much the big thing that i accomplished this week is if you've noticed an uptick in sound quality of our podcast we Hopefully got we um two new microphones a full audio mixer setup got it, it's, it took a while to kind of get started recording today because there were a lot of technical difficulties and getting new hardware set up, but I think it was worth it and super cool. All set up on the new desk. It's great. We've got a whole studio thing going on now. And if you're wondering why I still sound exactly the same and probably worse, it's because I've changed nothing. Uh, I'm resistant to change. I don't like change. Um, I'll probably do it eventually, though. Um for those that aren't aware of this, by the way, we don't record this podcast in the same room. I don't know if people know. Do you think people know that by this point? I don't know. I think we might have talked about being in different locations at some point. But yes, uh, Tactic and I, we are in one location and Illegal is in another. You might even say we're in different locations. Um, so, yeah, um, I have the same trusty dusty blue microphone blue snowball shout out to blue you you make good microphones um i have i've done a lot this past week though this is gonna be one of my busier what are you up to wednesday updates uh so first things first i mentioned the land party i guess i don't say much more about that just that it was fun um halo 3 was the game of choice played for like four or five hours that's a good one um I think I availed myself quite well. I won quite a few matches. Uh, I'm a battle rifle fiend, if you must know. Um, How many were, people were in your land? Uh, it was it was meager. It was just eight. 
it wasn't like a big boy, but it was it was enough to get, you know, two full boxes and two full TVs going and get some good, like you've said, jabbering back at each other. There was like some fist bumping and like very bro, like I, I, like I drank a beer at one point. It was, whew, man, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I played for quite a few hours. Um, had a really good time with that. This was that was the kickoff to my long weekend. I also saw two movies uh, in this past week. Uh, I think I mentioned last week I was going to see Tolkien, mm-hmm. which was which was pretty good. Um, I saw Booksmart on Sunday, which I think was even better. Um, that has like really high Rotten Tomatoes reviews, and they're very justified. Um, it's kind of one of those movies where like what you see is exactly what you're going to get, but it's very well executed. It's very funny. Has some really great cameo roles in it, so I'd strongly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. Plus, I think it's important to support kind of indie movies like that rather than the big blockbuster boys um that one was produced by olivia wilde right yeah directed i think maybe produced by will ferrell and adam mckay and directed by olivia wilde um interesting and her husband jason sudeikis has um kind of a supporting role in it that's that's super super funny so yeah definitely check it out if you if you are wondering what's out there to see um gaming wise too i've started a new game happy to report although i shouldn't really call it a new game because it's bioshock guys bioshock one it came out in like like 2007 or something this game if you've done yourself a disservice by not playing this game because i feel like it's right up your alley i know dead space is one of your favorite games and i feel like this kind of fits oh yeah it's it's almost exact like that game dead space prey which i recently played uh last of us like anything that's kind of like at least remotely survival horror-y and has like progression and like skill trees and stuff like i'm gonna be very into it so yeah i was late to this party but i i got the collection so i uh, got the collection for 15 bucks on the playstation store which i think that deal is still available so definitely check it out if you're a playstation player and want to check want to get a great deal on three quality games for like five bucks each how far are you into bioshock um I don't know exactly because they don't give you like a percentage or anything. I I mean I've I've put in a few solid hours. Did you take I, down Did you take down any big daddies yet? Oh, I've taken down. Well, it's actually it's fun. It's funny. So not many, like probably like six or seven at this point. But on the latest level, the one I'm on right now, um, I've killed four out of three big daddies. You know how like when you press start and it says like here's how many big daddies are in this level. Mm-hmm. I killed all three, and then there was a fourth, so I killed them. Do you save the little girls or no? I do. I do. Which I think at this point seems like super worth it because then what's her name gives you those teddy bears and they're like chock full of ditties. I don't know. Like, Just make make sure you're consistent. If you save them, continue to save them. Yeah. I mean, I had no plans to not save them because I'm I'm a good guy. You know, that's who I am. So are you going into this game and this series as a whole blind? Like, do you know much about it or do you just know like it's a good game? You've kind of started playing it no idea of the plot don't tell me i've i've heard like i'm really excited for infinite because i've heard that infinite is like legitimately like people get like emotional playing infinite like it's intense story-wise so infinite so i actually played this when we were all going to school together um i skipped a bunch of classes for two days i was sick and i had gamefly at the time because i was a cheap college student and i had it for like a dollar a month deal or something and i actually played that game straight through in two days and that's like when i finally finished and i like i had to go to the class that i was going to i was just completely like wiped because it was such a good game wow you must have been addicted that's that's why i brought it back circled back around i think you're gonna like it that's a long campaign to do in two days 
I, I think it was like 14 hours maybe I don't remember but I, like I was sick so the one day it was just literally like from the time I woke up I maybe got up to like drink some ginger ale or something and then went back to bed and played yeah like I I, I started Bioshock 1 on my 360 back in undergrad as well and like I'm I I'm I've just now almost gotten back to the part I got to a certain point in the last one and then I had to stop because of like finals or something I never picked it back up so mm-hmm. I'm almost back to that same point so I'm about to like up to up until now I've just been retreading like I'll get to a part and I'll be like oh I vaguely remember this so I'm about to start getting into like it's about to get real kind of territory I'm really excited for that um I'll wrap it up because I want to I want to get into um update on the movie league in the game but i do want to mention one more thing which is that yesterday i did a rare thing uh which is i did some art which i'm the kind of person who when i attempt to like paint something or draw something it has to be perfect or i'll die you know you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm one of those folks it's not good i would not recommend it but yesterday i did an art project that actually worked out i really love it i think it's perfect um Unfortunately, you guys can't see it while listening to this, but I think what we should do, if you guys are all right with it, um, I'll be posting it on my Twitter, um, at OWLegal86, and maybe we could pop it up on our Instagram or somewhere so you could see my beautiful art. I'm very, very happy with it. It's also very, like, appropriately nerdy and online warrior-y, so maybe you guys will get a kick out of it. I'm excited to see it. Um, if you could describe it in, like, three words, what would they be? Uh... Painting with words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You'll see what I... So I can explain what I... Well, it's going to take too long to explain what I did, but you'll, you'll see. It'll be a big surprise, essentially. Um, but for now, let's talk about the movie league because I'm just... I'm beside myself at this point. I'm so frustrated. Um, we're heading into the final week, guys. This is the last week of season two of the Online Warriors podcast Fantasy Movie League. And... Um, Shout out again to Devin Reed 08. This he guy, is killing it. He just knows what he's doing. Um, beat us again, I think for the, either the second or the third consecutive week. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat the second place, which was Nerd Bomber, by like a solid $15 million. Coming in with $126.5 million. Nerd Bomber in second place with uh, a little over $111 million. I managed third. I barely managed to beat Tactic 1. Um I got 106 million, Tectic at 103, uh, Mike off 84 at 81 and a half, and then question your welcome. They might have just signed up and forgotten about it. Um, they've logged a solid zero dollars. Yeah, I know those are our friends over at Dem Fancy. They they had some questions about how the the format of picking movies worked, so they might still be like kind of feeling it out. They might be waiting. Good- to get into a fresh sheet because right now like mm-hmm. when when you start so late you don't have much of a chance right so they're probably waiting it out and waiting for season three to just really really crush us at least crush me because boy i think i'm still in fourth place overall um no i am in third place uh i i misspoke but that's third out of the, the three people who have been doing it for an entire season i'm still 17 million behind tactic who's standing strong in second place and I don't think it's likely that I catch him in a single week. Now, what was your biggest surprise of this week? Because for me, I had heard some kind of like, 
questionable things about Aladdin. And so to see it do as well as it did, I think it, it netted $61 million, um this weekend. And to see it do that well was pretty impressive. Yeah, so all of us actually, uh, looks like all three of us, bet on one set of days. So, so they split up Aladdin into Friday, Saturday slots and Sunday, Monday slots. They do that with the big releases sometimes on the, on the long weekends. Oh, that's right. I'm only looking at the one day. Yeah, so I, I, you, you and Tectic actually chose Friday, the Friday, Saturday slots. I chose the Sunday, Monday slot because I thought that would do better given the holiday. Um, I don't know which of us was right. I expect that I was wrong. Um, yeah, I think looking at it now, Sunday, Monday only got 55. But still, overall, that broke 100 million. Yeah. What I, I, what I found is every single time, Friday, Saturday always does better when it breaks it out like that. Well, thanks for giving me your secret, man. I'm going to utilize that to destroy you now. That's fine. Um, I've, I've heard some good things about Aladdin. I remain skeptical. I have not seen it yet. I may see it soon. I, I don't have any immediate plans, but... We will um, be going to see Aladdin tomorrow, so maybe next week we can fill you guys in on what we thought. Get hype. Um, so yeah, season two is drawing to a close. Uh, this is an opportune time, in fact, probably the perfect time for anyone who wants to get in on the Fantasy Movie League with us to sign up. Um, as has been mentioned, we are on fantasymovieleague.com under Online Warriors Podcast, and the password to get into the league, which is private, is just podcast, all lowercase. So... Check it out. You'll have fun doing it. Um, Someone has to dethrone Devin Reed because he is just making us look like fools every week with his fantastic Cineboxes. He's so good. His handle is at LAFC Devin, and I'm starting to think that, like, FC stands for, like, film club or something. Like, he's got he's got some kind of inside track that we just don't have. So if you're part of a film club, Get in here and, and show him who's boss, I guess. Uh, or her. We actually don't know if Devin Reed is a he or her. Isn't Devin, like, it could be either one? It could be, but I think in this case it is a he because we've communicated a bit on Twitter. All right. Well, that's good. I didn't want to totally misappropriate that person's gender. Um, let's finish things up. We have, we have time for a game, right? Yes, we do. Well, uh, I believe it's my turn to host this week because I won last week's game. It's my turn to win. And it's Tactic's turn to win. So as I've mentioned, I think the last time I hosted a game, what I will often do uh, to uh, figure out what I'm going to game about is I look up, like, what's what's today? Like, what's today is National Blank Day. And as it happens, on the day we record this, May 28th, 2019, it is National Hamburger Day, guys. Happy National Hamburger Day. Ooh. Um, so, I love hamburgers. I mean, who doesn't love a good hamburger? Uh, so I'm going to ask you a number of questions about hamburgers. It's going to be similar to our recent Sloth Facts, uh, which was a great quiz. Um, and uh, you know, let's just get right into it. Um, just facts about hamburgers, essentially. This first one is kind of a Price is Right style. Um, how many ounces of meat per day does the average American man consume? Price is Right rules, if you bust... You don't get the point. Hamburger meat or just meat? Just meat in general. You'll see where this is going. Oh. Any who go- meat. Who goes first? Uh, ladies first, I would say. Sorry, you are you got the short end of the stick. All right. I'm going to say probably 10 ounces of meat. Okay, tactic. 
he's thinking. I'm going to say oh, I hear it. 16 ounces. All right. So you guys are actually both uh, way over. Um, really? The average American man consumes 6.9 ounces of meat per day. Hmm. So no points. Uh, question two is very similar, but I think it, it raises an interesting question. What about the average American woman? Same question. That I'm going to go with what? four. What? Oh, 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 man. I messed up the you, order. You totally gave away your strategy. Tactic, you can go first, but you, you feel free to steal her answer if you want. I'm going to go with four. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with four and a half. Oh. <laughs> Scooped ya. It's literally 4.4 ounces. Tactic gets the um, point. <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Incredible. Oh. And we're off, folks. Uh, okay, so now... now Kind of a third question in this family of questions. Um, what percentage of those totals uh, is red meat? I think now it's my turn, right? Now it is your turn, yes. Okay. I just want to be sure. Um, I think chicken is fairly popular. So I'm going to say probably 80%. 80% is, you're, you're saying what percent is red meat? Oh, okay, 20%. Sorry, my bad. Sure, no, no problem. Tactic? Dang, I was hoping she didn't catch that. <laughs> I'm going to go with 30% is red meat. Tactic is another point. It's 55%, guys. That's a lot of red meat. I didn't think you were supposed to eat Chicken that much meat in a meat. day. Hey, uh, I'm, just, I'm just reading the facts off of wincalendar.com think about all the fast food burgers that's um, true well let, let's kind of stay in that vein here um i don't know it says in 2013 which i know is six years ago but that's just the facts that i have in front of me um in 2013 american meat companies interpret that however you want produced how many pounds of beef so Again, price is right i have a kind of risque question oh god uh, also, Tactic goes first, so don't shout your answer out. You're talking about food only, strictly food, right? Beef. What? What else would beef? I'm so. I'm. You know what? Don't even answer that question. <laughs> so the units are pounds Pound, of pounds. beef per year. No, no, just pound. In 2013, how many pounds of beef did they produce? So I guess you in could think of year. it as pounds. Yeah, I guess you could think of it as pounds per year, but it's really just how many pounds in that year. Okay, and what company? It just says American Meat Companies. Okay, so the sum total of all American Meat Companies. And how much does one cow weigh? I'm not going to answer that. I've given you as much information as I'm fit to give at this point. You're getting a lot of hints here, buddy. Okay, I'm going to guess 7 million pounds. All right, Nerd Bomber. I think it's going to be something like 15 million. All right, Nerd Bomber gets her first point. You were literally orders of magnitude off. 25.8 billion pounds. Wow. So Nerd Bomber gets on the board um, essentially by being slightly less wrong. But I'll take it. I yeah, take points right. however I get them. Any, anything counts here. Um, guys, the world's biggest burger weighed how many pounds? And also, as an additional hint, um, it says here that it required a crane to flip. <laughs> I don't know why that it says that, but it does. All right. I'm going to say, and this is in pounds, 
This is also in pounds, yeah. Oh, man. How about if you needed a crane to flip it? I'm going to say probably like a 500-pound burger. All right. I'm going to say 700 pounds. All right. Tactic gets the point. Again, you guys weren't really that close. 2,014 pounds. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. It doesn't say, but I, I'm assuming that it was in the year 2014, and that's why, but I, I don't really know. Hey, 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 I got a joke. That's a ton of meat. That's pretty good. Uh, one of the most expensive burgers in the world is the biggest damn burger in the world made by Juicy Foods in Corvallis, Oregon. How much does this burger cost? I'm going to guess $77.86. All right. Nerd Bomber. How many pounds was it? Doesn't say. Oh, uh, it, it, well, it does, but I can't. I, Tactic already gave his answer. That would be able to be that's cheating. That's true. Uh, I think that's a little bit too pricey. I think it's going to be like 50 bucks. <laughs> oh, God. We're, we're both off, aren't we? <laughs> Guys, the burger, I should have told you the weight. Let me, let me tell you the weight, and you, you guys can both guess again. How about that? Okay. Guys, the burger includes 777 pounds of meat and toppings. That's not even a burger. That's like a continent of meat. It's called the biggest damn burger in the world. What do you want from me? Well, no, the 2,000-pound burger is the biggest damn burger in the world. Well, right, but they're, they're claiming that theirs is, even though it's not. So now reformulate your guesses based on that information. That's not fair. I won first. that one. You can, you can go first. Come on. You can go first. I'm going to guess seven hundred and seventy-seven dollars and eighty-six cents. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna guess fifteen hundred. All right. Yeah. So Nerd Bomber gets it. I might. I might have screwed you over there, tactic. Yeah. Uh, it's five thousand dollars. We were still quite a ways off. It must be made of like wagyu beef or something. Like who is really buying this burger? Beef. I rich people. I don't know. A village. Um, like you really could. You could feed an entire village of people with that. Well, you know what they say. It takes a village. Um, all right. So I don't exactly know how to do these last few questions, but I know that I want to do them. Um, let's do this. Okay. So I have in front of me a list of America's top five hamburger-loving U.S. cities. Uh, I don't know how this information is formulated. I just see the, the names of the cities in front of me. Uh, you guys can both name the city. And whichever one is higher on the list gets the point. Um, if you guys both name cities that are on the list, then we'll just keep guessing. Uh, I think Nerd Bomber is first this time. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Chicago. Okay, tactic. I'm going to go with New York City. Okay. Both not on the list, so guess again. Uh... What what is known for their hamburgers? I'm trying to think. Like, is there a hamburger capital? Like, if it was a cheesesteak, I would say Philly. Um, let me go with. I'm gonna go out of left field and try Milwaukee. Okay. I'm gonna go Austin, Texas. Okay, both wrong again. <laughs> All right. We'll do, we'll do one more, and if you guys, if neither of you guys get one, I'll just tell you what they are. We'll move on. I'll do Nashville. That's oh, gonna be my next guess. They love barbecue down there. I know that's why it was gonna be my next guess. What What are other places that like barbecue? Not that I should be helping you, but like. I'm gonna go Orlando, Florida. 
Okay, you guys picked some interesting cities. Uh, no, both wrong again. Uh, Nerd Bomber, you should have said Philadelphia. It was number two. Seriously? But they have yep. cheesesteaks. Why are they eating burgers? Yeah, what's wrong with them? I mean, it's not Stay much in your of a lane. leap to go from a cheeseburger to a cheesesteak. Uh, I don't know. Stay in your lane, Philly. So number one is Seattle. Number two is Philadelphia. Number three is Boston. Number four, Baltimore. And number five, Miami. So I guess you were pretty close with Orlando on that last one, Tactic. Yes. Um, neither of you get any points for that, though. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to see if there's any other. Oh, yeah, this is this is a good one. Um and I think the way we'll do this one, so there, I have in front of me, again, a list of the top five cheeses that Americans like to melt on a burger. We're going to trade guesses until someone doesn't get one of them. That's how we're going to do this one. Okay. And, and I get to go first? You get to go first. Yes. I'm going to go American cheese. Okay, that's number one with 66% of the market share. Nerd Bomber? I'm going to say Pepper Jack. Pepper Jack is 40%. I don't know what these percentages mean because they add up to more than 100, but... <laughs> Um. Yeah. Keep going. Wait. What number on the list is that? Number two. There. I. I, I think it's technically number. F- yeah. It's uh, if these percentages mean anything, it's number four. I'm gonna go cheddar. Cheddar is number two. Uh, I'm gonna go Monterey. And Nerd Bomber misses. Tactic gets the point. Uh, the two that you missed were Swiss and provolone. Nice. That was the next two. Really? I was guess. People put. <laughs> Provolone and Swiss on I, their we, burger. I put provolone on every every time we get a melt when we go to like the yeah, but store. You put provolone on a sub. You don't put it on a burger. What I are put... people eating? I'm so out of touch. Swiss burgers are are definitely a thing. Yeah. Um. Swiss and mushroom. You've seen those. Yeah, I guess. So next question, and depending on how it goes, it might be the last question. I don't. I don't know. Cheddar but, bacon. Come on. Um, America's top ten favorite hamburger chains. We'll do this the same way. You just keep guessing until someone misses one uh nerd bomber you go first this time i'm gonna go with mcdonald's okay number one there's a bunch tactic yeah there's 10 so i'm gonna go with wendy's number three i'm gonna go with burger king the obvious choice number four five guys that's number two uh, how about... So you're doing great so far, first of all. Isn't Hardee's a burger joint? I'm going to go with Hardee's. I don't... So I think that that's a great guess. It's not on here. So you, 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 you lost it. Seriously? Again. Yeah. Uh, rounding out the top 10 are Steak and Shake, In-N-Out, Culver's, Sonic, Whataburger, and White Castle. Oh, White Castle would have been such a good one. Man. Um, so Tactic essentially running away with it five points to two points but let's let's do one more question why the heck not um how should i do this i i have the top five burger toppings that americans love um is it like condiments or like vegetables there are no condiments on the list so what let's just go through it we'll do it the same way um i don't think it's going to work out as well but we'll start with tactic this time Lettuce. Lettuce is number two. Bacon. <laughs> bacon is a miss. Bacon is not on the list. Are you kidding? <laughs> Cheese. Oh, Cheese was number one. Tomato. Tomato is number three. Onion. Number four. People don't like bacon? What's I mean, wrong with the world? Every burger is lettuce, tomato, onion, cheese. That's yeah. like every standard burger. And number five is pickle. 
Yeah. Which I don't agree with, but I, it also makes sense. None of those didn't make sense to me, so. Nerd Bomber, you, you really, I gotta tell you, you didn't quite show up to that game. No, that one that one was rough. Tactic, uh, tactic cleaned your clock, you might say. You know what? I want a burger right now. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no, no better time to get one than on National Hamburger Day. Mm-hmm. And there's no better time to listen to the Online Warriors podcast than all the time. Just keep us in your ears all the time. We'll talk to you about burgers and news and stuff like that. Um, yeah, if as- you guys like what you hear, check us out. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. We love reviews. Please give us reviews. Um, you can also check us out on Patreon. We have a bunch of fun stuff at every level so everyone can enjoy. For a dollar, you can get a bonus segment every month. Um, we had one for May. We're going to have another cool one coming up for June. Good and there's, there, there's a lot of fun stuff you can get. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we're so happy to do this every week, and we'll be doing it for many more weeks to come. And until next week, we'll see you later. See ya. Do I stop now? Can I stop?